Hello everybody, welcome to this week's podcast with Juliet Bryant. This is one of my favourite conversations because we are talking all things nutrition, food, health, wellness and lifestyle. And Juliet, what better person to have that conversation with today than you? Welcome! Oh, thank you. It's lovely to be here with you. So Juliet, um, you have quite a profile don't you? You're you're really well known in these parts uh, for really being the advocate for healthy wellness and healthy living and healthy everything. Really, uh, how did that start off for you? How where did that journey start? Well, it really started when I was a child. Um, when I was eight, my mum got multiple sclerosis and. That really changed the way we lived. She instantly got on the nutrition kind of front of things. And we switched from being kind of meat eaters to pescatarians um, and cut out junk food, cut out refined foods, you know, really went on quite a massive health kick. And as an eight-year-old, I didn't really like it, to be honest, you know, suddenly, I mean, we, we, we always were healthy eaters, but suddenly it was like loads of lentils and, you know, things like that, all of which I absolutely love now. And my kids have lots of, but at the time, you know, it, it, very few people where I grew up were eating like that. Most of my friends would have fish fingers, chips and beans. Um, and we didn't I have, have that. such a same, I was traumatized by lentils that my dad <laughs> used to give us up until I'd say about seven years ago. I was like, no, no more lentils. <laughs> I hear you. It's, it's funny how, you know, we think of things as a child as being these terrible things. And then, you know, later on in life, we actually love them and they're beautiful foods to have. But I think it was that kind of shift of, we didn't have sweets. We didn't have, you know, my snacks, sweet snacks were sesame snaps and things like that. And we had carob bars. I mean, carob I now love and it's delicious, but I, for years, I couldn't touch it because it was just in the, in the, in the early eighties, carob was rank. <laughs> that is so true. I remember trying a little bit and just going, this is is this chocolate? I can't eat that. That's disgusting. Yeah. Actually, I still can't eat it because just the thought is so strong still. Yeah, I it took me until a few years ago to get over that one with carob. Um, but I have got over it, which is good. So we went on to this big health kit because what the there were links showing that high levels of animal fat and uh, gluten could exacerbate multiple sclerosis symptoms. So my mum taught us a lot and she was always talking to us about why we were doing these things, which you know, in hindsight, I think was one of the best things she could have done. You know, she was explaining why we had to have vitamin C and garlic and all these other things. And so as a teenager, you know, I stuck my fingers up to the whole thing and rebelled and ate. We lived in America at that time because we'd moved to America. So I ate fast food all the time when I was out, you know, at home, we still ate well, but you know, I lived on Taco Bell and McDonald's and Burger King and all of those things constantly. That is so hard to imagine you doing that now, Juliet. <laughs> I know, I know it really is. Just saying it to me is that slight cringe of like, oh my God. Um, and it was, it was that fingers up to, you know, authority into what was being drim, drummed into me by my parents and especially my mum. My dad used to take us out for secret like little sweets and stuff. You know, when we were younger, he was like, come on, we'll go to the petrol station and get something, but don't tell your mum. The petrol station, yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, 
it was for me it, that was it wasn't until I then became pregnant with my first child that I suddenly I started to get aware of health because I was working as a healer and meditation teacher and actress before that so I was doing all those things and I was starting to notice that if I ate junk food and I did a healing session, my energy was a lot lower and it was much harder to do. And I remember having this incredible thing experience where I was doing this healing session and before every healing, I would ask that the right energy for the client would come through for their highest good and my highest good. And this energy blasted through me and I could barely like sustain it in my body. Like physically, it was so strong. And I remember afterwards being absolutely wiped out just from the sheer, it was like my nervous system had got frayed. And I remember I was, I was 25 at the time. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I've really got to get my body in shape because if I'm here saying I'm going to conduct energy, whatever energy needs to come through for these people, and I physically can't hold it, like that's not going to work. So that started these little things moving of like, well, I've got to think a bit more about what I'm putting into my body and I've got to start working out more and I've got to start, you know, having more awareness. I've got to stop smoking cigarettes because I smoked at the time um, and just being a little bit more conscious. And then I got pregnant with my first child. And what was very interesting was that I wasn't meant to be able to get pregnant. Uh, the doctors said I was 98% infertile because I had severe endometriosis. Mm. And um, I'd been doing a lot of healing work energetically on that that area. And I'd started to reduce kind of some of the toxins and the gluten and stuff from my diet anyway to help that because I noticed that that had an impact. And then when I got pregnant, first of all, I was shocked. Um, and second of all, I was like, this is now not about me. This is about another human being. I need to really ramp up my ideas of what I'm doing to my body. Did that come naturally to you, those thoughts, or was there some resistance? Because I know that I had those thoughts. I really, really wanted to have a healthy pregnancy, and yet uh, Bakewell tarts were really also <laughs> very appealing at the time. Seamless for you, was it? Um, yes and no. It was, it was fairly seamless. I started studying nutrition at that point because I wanted to bring up my son as a vegetarian, and people were saying, well, you can't because he'll be brain damaged. And he's only 16. So, you know, it wasn't that long ago that, that people were saying this. And I knew that wasn't the case, but I didn't have the answers as to why it wasn't the case. Like I didn't have the science. And so that's part of the reason why I started studying nutrition. And I also wanted to make sure that I didn't uh, deprive him of any nutrients. So I really wanted to have a such a deeper understanding. And it was at that point that all this flood of information that my mum had given me as a child came back. Good old mum. I know. Bless her. Um, and uh, she died when I was 21. So she she had been dead for a few years then. But I could really feel that kind of knowledge kind of coming back into me of, of what we put into our body affects everything. And I remember seeing it so clearly with her. You know, if if we were traveling or we were out and she would eat something that, sh that wasn't she shouldn't have, like she'd have some bread or some pasta or something, the next day she would be wiped out. She wouldn't be able to speak. You know, there was a direct correlation, which I remember seeing as a kid, like really clearly. So all of this information started coming back at this point as I was studying it. And I thought, oh, gosh, that's what that's doing. Oh, OK. You know, you, you, all those puzzle pieces start to click together. 
And so that was a really profound thing. And then I went, you know, totally anal because I just studied nutrition, you know. And I did I went, exactly the same thing. Did you? My cleanest diet ever was just after I'd finished all my studies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, you become so myopic and tunnel visioned. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, my son wasn't allowed anything refined. He, everything had to be organic. You know, it was like absolutely amazing but I was the mum who would go to parties or would go places and I would have you know all of the snacks for him me I'd too go, I'd go here you go <laughs> this is your version <laughs> and uh, I, I remember going to a party he was about three and a half it was a birthday party and he got to the chocolate cake before I could and uh, <laughs> oh god did he stick stick his face in it Almost, yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, that ravaging it. And he looked at me and he said, I didn't know chocolate tasted like this because he'd had oh. carob until then. Oh. <laughs> and I'd call it chocolate. Um, and no refined sugar and all the rest of it. So he'd had gluten, refined sugar, you know, and, cho- you know, normal chocolate. And then he went off the walls, mental bouncing. And that was it was a really good lesson in a few ways because I realized that one of the things is we can't be too tunnel visioned with our, what we do. And, you know, I've got three children now and I've, my approach is very different than it was with my first child. And I realize it's about the education more than anything like it was with me and letting them have a choice so that they can have the stuff within reason that their friends are having. You know, I draw the line at certain things like fruit shoots you know lucasade things with aspartame in no um you know but I'm a lot more laid back than I was back then you know that really echoes my experience as well uh and I think my um my son's dad and I are no longer together and uh we have very very different views on nutrition very very like polar (laughs) opposite views uh I think he's still in that I'm rebelling against my parents stage. (laughs) (laughs) And so my son gets two extremely different experiences of nutrition. And what I realized was the polarity between both experiences was so great Mm. um, that if I didn't shift some of mine, what he was, what he would start to do is rebel because as you know, that food is so addictive isn't it like on every level it hooks you in I mean it's formulated by scientists most of the time designed to create addiction and I can see he has often come downs when he returns home you know like you do when you uh, send your kids off to an aunt or a grandparents or something and they go right let's go and then they come home like Eyes twitching, body shaking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I recognised that I was too far. um, Mm. And it wasn't, there wasn't a transition between each place. Yeah. So what does that look like now for you then? So uh, interestingly enough, my oldest uh, son about a year ago decided he wanted to eat meat, which, um, you know, we're a mainly vegan household. Um, my middle son's vegetarian um, and my oldest was vegetarian, but he, as I said, has decided to eat meat. So I don't allow meat in the house. I don't want meat in the house. It's not something that I um, or my husband want around, but that's his choice. He's nearly 17 now. 
So he gets to do that. I remember when he w- went for his first time at McDonald's, you know, a friend took him after football and they started to do it on a regular basis. And it freaked me out, to be honest. It was like, oh, my God, you, you can't. No, not, not that. So we, we came up with a rule. Um, it was kind of an unspoken rule. It's like, if you're going to have that, I, first of all, I don't want to know, but come home and make yourself a green smoothie to counter it and take some charcoal. Um, <laughs> and, and I've he, heard half an avocado is really good as well. If you watch Dr. Michael Greger, he talks a lot about counterbalancing McDonald's with half an avocado. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm. We haven't we haven't done that one yet. I haven't heard of that. So he takes his charcoal, he makes his green smoothie, and he's really good about doing that. And, you know, it's it's really lovely seeing he's kind of gone off to one way he works in a Chinese so he gets free Chinese food as well which just like I'm like oh my god that is hilarious Juliet I know the difference between you and him currently I know it is amazing but what's so lovely is that he makes smoothies in the morning for himself and he puts in all my little bits and he takes the mushroom pills and he has all these supplements and I don't make him take any of it but he does And, you know, when he was studying for his exams, he put rosemary essential oil on a burner to help Mm -hmm. his, you know, so he's doing all these things that I've talked to him about, but it's not me forcing any of it on him, which is great. And yes, he's got the kind of uh, rubbish side of it, but at least I think there's a little bit of balance. And he said to me the other day, he said, oh, mum, he said, now I'm working at the Chinese more evenings. He said, I'm really feeling a bit rough with eating all this, this junk food. He's like, what can I do? Um, so I said, well, you need to have more smoothies and more green juices. And, you know, so we had a nice chat about it. And it was really lovely that, again, he had come to that awakening and realisation himself. That's the thing, isn't it? It does come down to having the experience yourself. Have you got a little one coming to say hello? <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> Go find Daddy, okay? Okay, great. You go find daddy. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yes. So it it is about that personal experience and how something feels in your body as to how it's, um, you know, and that's, that's the work I do with people. And I do with myself. It's like, once you get to that realization that actually I'm not thriving because of what I'm putting into my system and do I want to thrive or do I not? And for him, I guess he's grown up with having so much healthy food that he has been thriving so much for so long. Um, so when he's not, he's aware of that and wants to rectify that and knows that I've got the answers, which is great. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's nothing more as a mum that you want to have is that more than answers. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so nice. Um, my son and I were talking the other day about how um, – if you eat today, how you want to feel tomorrow. And Mm. I know it's like a cumulative effect, like the more you eat rubbish food. And I want to clarify these terms as well, just just to, um, I'm not shaming or, or judging anybody for what they eat. Like I've eaten all sorts of food in my lifetime when I say rubbish food it's just an easier way to describe processed food and uh, refined sugar and all that kind of stuff um and everyone understands what I'm talking about Uh, so we were just talking about how you can eat today how you want to feel tomorrow it is like a banking experience isn't it so when he 
wakes up one morning and the the day before he's had I don't know um, a burger or whatever, and he starts to go. I don't feel very well today. I don't. My legs feel wobbly. I don't have enough energy. My I'm tired. I say, well, okay, let's focus on water. Let's focus on greens. Let's focus on fruit. Let's focus on nuts, uh, and let's see how you feel tomorrow. Mm. But they need to have that first-hand experience, don't they? Totally. They, they totally do. And it's like I haven't eaten gluten for, I think, seven years now. And um, I remember when I – I wasn't really eating it, but I wasn't kind of set on not eating it. I just wasn't doing it because generally I felt better and I knew I was intolerant to gluten. And we were in India and we went to this pizza restaurant, lovely Italian place, um, really beautiful. And I was really excited and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have a pizza. I shouldn't have a pizza. I was vegetarian at the time, not vegan. I was kind of in a transitioning period. And I was like, oh, whatever, I'm going to have a pizza. And I'd romanticize this pizza of what it was going to taste like and feel like. And it was like, you know, built up into this massive thing. And I ate the pizza and I was like, yeah, that's nice. But it didn't, it wasn't what I'd built it up to be. And then afterwards I had such a headache and stomach ache. And the next day I felt so tired and rubbish and it was such a good lesson. And I'm really pleased that I ate it because it really reinforced in my mind why I didn't want to eat it. Mm -hmm. And that was the cement here. It was like, actually, do I want to feel like this for something that is going to maybe give me pleasure for 15, 20 minutes? No. <laughs> So, you know, sometimes I think we have to make those wrong choices in order to really understand what the right choices in that moment are for us. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're ever feeling like you're depriving yourself, then that's where it comes in, isn't it? It's that feeling of I can't have it, but I want it. And that's where the romance comes in. I long for you, come <laughs> to me. And then it arrives and you're like, Oh, that's disappointing. It's a bit like having a massive crush on somebody and then getting to know them and realizing they weren't all that to start off with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's so true. And it, what's really interesting is that, like, I do muscle testing and dowsing. And when you think about something, your body has a muscle response as if you've had it. I didn't know that. Yes. So, for example, if I'm if I'm testing someone, um, I can say, "Think about a glass of wine," and you te you test them, and they'll either have a strong response or a weak response. And what that means is that thought has actually created the feeling of that thing in the body. Wow. Yeah. And when I started to click on that, I suddenly realised it was like. Oh my God. So every time we romanticize something and think about, oh my God, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And you, you know, we do this repetitive thing like diets. Like if you're on a diet, it's like, don't think about the donut. I want a donut. I want a donut. You know, whatever it is, all you think about is that thing. And so what you're doing to your body is you're almost consuming that donut a hundred times as opposed to potentially having it once. Um, so I think it's really important that we have that awareness of the deeper connection between our thoughts and how that impacts on our physical body as well. I am a hundred million percent all about subconscious programming and the thoughts that we think being and creating our realities. Absolutely. I didn't know it was linked to the food uh, that you are thinking about that can create a, a reaction as well. That's just blown my mind. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's like so, they, 
it's like Russian. They did they did a study in Russia with Russian athletes, and they got these Russian athletes to run around a a course and they monitored all their vital life signs and then they just got them to imagine running around on the course and their vital life signs the muscle twitching was exactly the same as when they actually did it and so this is the same link it's showing that that our mind can create the physical stimulation within our body as if we've done something and that's where I think the consciousness about our thoughts is so important so you know this is where I think if you're craving something it's like well First of all, if I crave something, it's like, well, why am I craving this? You know, if I'm craving chips, for example, then it's probably because I need salt and fat because I'm stressed out because my adrenals and kidneys want that salt to help reduce the stress in my body and the fat to help me feel grounded and stabilized. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to have an avocado with some Icelandic sea salt or some tamari on it uh, and maybe some seaweed and see if that gets rid of that craving if it doesn't then for me sometimes I will go okay you know what I'm gonna have that thing because I don't want to trip into this constant journey and it's like I got chips about a month and a half ago we were out and there was nowhere we could stop for food and there was a chip shop and it was like okay we'll just get some chips for everyone and I ate a few of them and I was like oh god I actually feel quite sick and so again it was that brilliant thing of like well I've got I had a few I thought they were really nice, but then actually the purer your body gets, the less you want this stuff and the more you can um, disassociate from these programmings that you've got running. Yes, that's actually part of the reason that I um, felt more and more pulled to working with um, the the coaching side of uh, nutrition and the mind body and the spirit element because I every time I was working with one of my clients uh, about nutrition I, I saw that the first 21 28 days they were on it like absolutely totally on it and then the negative no not even negative just the subconscious programming would rear its head mm. and then people would go I have no idea what to do with this and yet, if you keep choosing those actions over and over again, that's what starts to reprogram your neural pathways, isn't it? And exactly. creates this kind of, oh, I do have a choice. Yeah. Oh, I can make a different experience. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. And um, talk to me a little bit more about why you think um, eating healthily is important, especially now at this time. That's a leading question, by yeah. the way. I know it is, but yeah, no, here's the good stuff. That is that is so so true. Right now, uh, you know, I've been doing so much work for so long on myself and my clients, and you know, in the last six months, I've probably a bit longer than that. I've really felt the need to go deep within myself to cleanse and clear and detoxify and get really. Um, spot on with what I'm putting in my body. And I'm going to explain why in a second. And I've been working with a lot of people on this same thing. You know, we're going through a huge shift energetically on this planet. And there's a lot of division at the moment. There's a lot of separation. And I don't like division and separation. You know, I, I really like to focus on, well, what unites us um, as opposed to what divides us? I think that's a, a really good way to look. Like Because ultimately we're all the same, all of us, we all come from the same thing. And part of my work that I do, and it's progressed more and more into this is the energetics of connecting people into the earth. Because when we connect back into the earth, we remember that actually we're part of this earth. We're not walking on this earth separate. We are one with this earth. And 
just like all the trees and the plants and everything else is still going. The, 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 none of that knows that there's a virus going around or anything else. They're just still doing their thing. And if we can tune back into that, that can transcend and help us shift through um, all the illusion and the false, falsity and the fear and the programming that is being pumped at us massively. So for me, you know, at this time, it's so important that we get grounded, we get on the earth, we get out foraging. You know, I've I've been running foraging workshops for a while now. And uh, I what I see is that when people go out and they start to look with different eyes at their environment, they start to, except the blinkers come off and it's partially because of the vibration of that food is so strong because it's not been sprayed, it's not been um, uh, grown on purpose, you know, it's of the earth, it's like properly of the earth. And so when you start consuming that foraged food, you start to shift your vibration because you're eating food that is such fresh food, high vibration food. Um, and I think this is such an important thing. And then you start to look at all food in a different way. And you start to really tune into your body in such a different way, I feel. And I've seen this, you know, repeatedly with people I've taken on this kind of journey. Um, I've been running for a couple of years now, uh, a mentorship, like a three-month mentorship program, where weekly I take people on a journey of connecting into the earth, connecting into foraged plants. Each week we kind of look at a different plant and go into it on all levels, you know, consuming it physically, energetically consuming it. Um, because that's one of the things that is really exciting. That just, you know, it really gets me so like goosebumpy when I think about it. We are all vibration. Everything is vibration. So plants, crystals, sound, everything is just made up of energy and vibration. Now, let's say you have a vibrational strand that's out of line. This, this is what disease is. This is what this imbalance is in our body. It's that a vibrational strand within your body has become out of line. So what you need to do is bring a like vibration in to realign that. Um, out of a line with what? Out of line with what? With where it, where it is meant to naturally reside within okay. your body. So I kind of view it as like these little, um, almost like marbles, you know, stacked on each other, these strands of kind of vibrational um, uh, balls. And so when one of those vibrational balls has moved, then it, it throws the balance of all the others out. But it's really simple to shift that one back in by bringing in that, that right vibration. So for example, it's like tuning forks. If you get two tuning forks of a different note, and you boing them, and then you bring them together, they start resonating at the same frequency as you come together. And this is what happens with us. So for example, if something's out of line within myself, and I brought in a crystal that had that vibration, that could realign me. Or if I brought in rosemary, that could realign. Or if I brought in a certain sound. But it's all ultimately exactly the same thing. It's just a vibrational resonance. So sometimes we feel like, oh God, I really need that medicine. I really need rosemary, but I don't have access to it. So I'm not going to be able to use it. But actually all we have to do is think about it and call on that energy of that plant or that crystal or whatever it is. And that just thinking about it can realign us. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. And it is a lot of how I work with essential oils in my practice and with, um, my own practice and with the 
my clients. Um, but I think it might be quite an out there concept for some people. Mm. Um, just the idea that there's that we are vibration, that we are energetic uh, energy, um, and we are all vibrating. Everything is vibrating at a certain frequency all of the time, just like our liver has a certain frequency, our heart has a certain frequency. Just changing the paradigm of how we talk about our bodies, that's something that I've really been noticing and that has fundamentally shifted my nutrition practice because I could no longer just talk about it in terms of the body. It needed to be mind, body, spirit, um, and mentality, you know, our thoughts that we think all of it comes together. So when we're thinking about that vibration, that really shifts or can shift the way we interact with health, interact with our bodies, interact with people, interact with our thoughts, the whole thing. So is that somewhere that you found that you've, it sounds to me like it's somewhere that you've been journeying along quite a long time with actually. I mean, for me, it's quite a new shift in perspective but it sounds like your mum paved some seriously decent um paving stones back in the day yeah um yeah I think that um for me because I also as a as a teenager I realized that I had a gift at healing um how did you find that out so I used to it was a really interesting story actually I used to um, put my hand on my mum's throat whenever she couldn't talk because she she couldn't talk quite um often and so I would put I'd feel drawn to put my hand there and a lot of heat would come out and then she'd be able to talk for a few hours and I was then exhausted and drained and I I went into this bookshop once I was living in Florida and it was like a spiritual bookshop um and this book like literally almost dropped off the shelf at me and it was a Reiki book and I've still got the exact book Uh, it was called Essential Reiki and I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. And I asked the woman about it. And she said, oh, let me see your hands. So she took my hands and she said, oh, you've got the sign of a healer. And uh, I was like, okay, well, I I don't really know what that means. And then she said, you've been healing your mum. But she said, you've not been channeling the energy properly. You've been using more of your energy than actually channeling it. You need to learn how to do this properly because you're draining your life force. And I was a bit like, what? How does she know? (laughs) you know, it really flabbergasted me. And I was, I was quite kind of, I was quite into, I was, I was very spiritual and open and aware, but also not like a lot of information was coming to me as a teenager. um, But I didn't understand any of it or didn't have anywhere to go. So she, this woman taught me Reiki. And uh, then I just started to get more and more into it and more and more into crystals. And then I studied crystal healing. um, And uh, I've I've also studied an Egyptian healing which I teach called Sekem, which is really beautiful. But um, so energetically, I've always I, I, you know when I first studied nutrition, I was doing nutrition as one thing, healing is another thing, and they were these separate entities. And after a few years, I kept seeing healing clients and going, "You've got a nutritional deficiency," and nutrition clients saying, "You've got an energetic block." And so I started realizing that I had to combine it. So um, that was probably about. 14, 15 years ago, I started merging 
um, the, the two, the healing and the, the, the nutrition, because I realize we are more than our physical beings and our thoughts and everything affect our physical. So, you know, we can, if we eat food and we're having certain thoughts, that, food, that, that those thoughts are stored on a physical cellular level. So that's where we have to be conscious about what we're thinking when we're making, when we're eating food, you know, because our thoughts create our reality. So, and recently I've been really reminded of this. I went through a very, very hard time recently, probably one of the hardest times of my life um, over the summer uh, with my middle son who has been diagnosed with uh, anxiety and OCD. And it got very out of hand and extreme. And it was causing so many issues with everyone in the family. I mean, OCD can be a real hard thing to, to to manage and we didn't know what it was for a while so it was even harder it's like why are you being like this you know and he was refusing to eat food he got um uh, he wouldn't eat food that wasn't wrapped in plastic and he would only eat food that he would make himself and no one could be in the room and all this other stuff was going on so for me that that pressed on so many of my buttons because it was the whole food thing and it was like but if he's eating all this crap it's going to exacerbate his mental health problems because he's not getting the nutrients he needs to feed his brain and he wasn't taking supplements. And that was really, really hard. And um, I found myself in this pattern of saying, I can't cope, I can't cope, I can't cope. And then I suddenly realized that my the words I was using constantly were reinforcing this negative state. So I shifted that and I was like, I can cope. I've got this. It's, I've got it. I've, it's under control. I can do this. I have support. The universe has got my back. And I just kept saying this over and over again, even though it's not what I felt at all. Inside, I was just crumbling. And within a few days of saying that, even though I didn't believe it, everything started to shift. And I felt this strength coming back in me and this like, I, and this, this, this reserve of like, actually... I can do this. I have got this. So, you know, those words that we tell ourselves are so important to to the whole journey, um, really. And 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 luckily, you know, we are coming out the other end with my son. We've still got a way to go, but we've deregistered him from school. Um, and you know, we're really focusing on his healing journey. And he's now eating food that I make him. He won't eat it with us, but he's eating food I make him. He's having smoothies. He's taking supplements. You know, he's he's doing all those things. So we're definitely making steps, um, which is great. And and his OCD tendencies that he was having have massively reduced. They're still there, but they're minor now. Um, sometimes they flare up a bit, but you know, it's. And that's again the power of nutrition, but also healing. It's all it's it's just all so intrinsically linked. And once once we start to understand that, that's really the key. And so, like you, you know, for for many years, I've I work with people on all these levels because if you just work on the food level, you're only going to ever fix a part of the problem. Amen to that, Juliet. Absolutely, and you know. Um, doesn't really matter which way you come into it, whether it's through a meditation practice and you suddenly start to feel a different relationship with yourself or a yoga practice and then you recognize that when you do a, a down dog that actually your tummy feels better and um, more comfortable after you've eaten certain foods or not eaten certain foods. There's always that part that is so physical 
physically focused uh, and important. Like we are spiritual beings in a human body. We are having a human experience. And the quality of our thoughts, the quality of our being, the quality, not that it's a be all and end all, it's a combined effect, but it really is affected deeply by what we put into our bodies. Um, and like you, it's so easy to see the effect of that in our children, mm. isn't it? Mm. It really is. I think Thank one you. of the things that's so um, important with it all is that, as you said, whichever way you come at it, you know, it's it's like if you're depressed and you can't do the meditation or you can't do those things, if you have the foods that are those high vibration foods, that can shift your state. You know, wherever you're at, ultimately whatever we do is is going to shift our state one way or another and so one of the things I like to say to myself on a regular basis is like is this food or this action going to make me survive or thrive because you know I really feel like all of us we all have such an important part to play in life whatever it is you know we all have a purpose that's why we've incarnated in this physical being and for so long, for me, I was this airy, fairy, floaty, spiritual person who was, you know, off in the clouds and never grounded. And I didn't want to be grounded. And actually, it was when I got pregnant with my first child that I started to come into my, well, I had to come into my body in the pregnancy. And it was like, oh, I don't like this. This is heavy. But I also started to realize that the only way we can manifest and we can properly fulfill our, our purpose is by being grounded, by being in this body and by honoring this body, by honoring, you know, all of the things that go on without us being aware that they're even going on. You know, it's we live in such an incredible physical form. You know, it's just mind blowing everything that happens in your body. And I think having gratitude for that and 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 loving ourselves is a huge part of the journey with nutrition because our nutrition choices come from ultimately our self-love if we don't love ourselves we're never going to make those right choices because we don't want to because we're in this kind of self um, hate relationship so we're going to abuse our body because that's the that's the relationship we have so ultimately you know coming into that space of uh, forgiveness to ourselves and acceptance and love and and one of the things that I really love for that is Ho'oponopono um, which is a Hawaiian blessing and it's I love you I'm sorry please forgive me thank you and uh, for me uh, this has been a big part of my journey is saying that on a regular basis to myself so that I can start forgiving myself for whatever it is that I am holding on inside myself and the more we can do that and we can forgive and we can let go, the more we can start, we will automatically start to make those right choices on food because we're shifting, um, you know, and, and certain foods have a certain vibration. So when we are resonating at that vibration, that's what we're going to want. But as that vibration shifts, then we're going to start wanting different things. And, you know, part of this, I, I feel, are the mushrooms. Um, uh, so. For me, a really, really big part of my evolution is medicinal mushrooms. So what I'm talking about, things like uh, reishi, chaga, lion's mane, uh, cordyceps, shiitake, um, uh, these are all incredible medicinal mushrooms. They're bracket fungus. And 
Turkey tails is another beautiful one. And I feel that they are here to um, help support our consciousness elevating. Really helping us to shift out of whatever level we're, we're at into the next. And, you know, I always say to people, we're on a journey. And it's not about going from naught to 100. It's about just taking that next step. And so I feel those mushrooms can help you on whatever level you're at, take that next step. Um, because the mushroom, the mushrooms have what's known as a mycelium uh, network, which is their root system. And this is a bright white uh, root network that covers the whole planet. And what's so incredible is it interacts with absolutely every living plant on this planet. So it's like the proper internet. You know, everything is interacting and communicating through this mycelium network. So what I feel is when we start to work with the mushrooms, we are tapping into that and we are allowing our consciousness to connect with all living things. But also mushroom spores are found in space. So I feel we're also connecting into the cosmos and allowing that kind of cosmic force to come in. So it's like the union of heaven and earth in our hearts and expanding us out. That's kind of, you know, my take on the mushrooms. So I think that if we can start to bring in these foods more and more that are that are coming through like cacao um, to to help open up our hearts, to help us open up to this next thing, then we can start to see with such greater clarity and awareness. Have you seen, um, have you met Rich from Enriched Superfoods? I love him. Yeah, great yes. guy. I had him on my podcast a, um, a couple of months ago. Oh, nice. And so uh, for those listeners who have listened to every podcast so far, they will already pre-primed and on the same page as you listening about mushrooms he's a massive fan as well isn't he but you're not the first person um that I've heard be really passionate about incorporating mushrooms um especially from that spiritual perspective as well as the physical uh, yes you've got the heart opening um is it Rishi I forget now yeah yeah, reishi yeah. Is, is very good for that. I mean, the reishi is one of the most uh, well-studied um, of all plants. There are thousands of years of uh, evidence. It's been the mushrooms have been used for a very, very long time. Uh, there's there's evidence going back. You know, the the Chinese emperors have used it for so long, and there is so much evidence, antidotal evidence, of how supportive they are to our health and well-being. And now the science is beginning to back up all of that, and we're having huge amounts of research coming out about the beta glucans killing cancer, you know, about the immune modulation properties within the medicinal mushrooms to regulate our immune system um, with the, you know, things like the reishi opening up our heart and supporting uh, regulating uh, heartbeats and things like that, supporting the spleen, reducing bad estrogens in the body, you know, physically the, the list of things that all the mushrooms do. Lion's mane helps repair nerve damage. Um, there's so many incredible properties on a physical level, but yet energetically, you know, it's just mind blowing the opening up of the third eye, the connecting us more into our intuition. Um, you know, as I said, connecting us into this root network, you, you know, it's, it's something that I feel everyone should get onto um, on a regular basis is are the mushrooms um, for physical and spiritual and mental health. Where would you start? Which one would you think people 
So I've should generally start. I've with. just created. Uh, well, I mean, all of my products pretty much have mushrooms in. So um, I've got a lovely CBD hot chocolate mix, which is really beautiful because you've got the cacao, you've got the cannabis, and you've got the mushrooms. It's that's got reishi and chaga in, and that's a really lovely thing because it's so simple for people to use and it tastes really nice. Because um, often people are put off; they have something once and it tastes a bit like earthy or mushroomy, and they're like, "Oh, I don't like that," and then they don't have it again. So I've kind of tried to create things that have a really beautiful taste. Um, I call myself a superfood alchemist because one of my passions and I think my skills is blending things to create a really magical alchemy within the body that tastes nice. So um, I, I really think my CBD hot chocolate is one of those things that's just, yeah, it's a great product. But I've also just come out with a, a mushroom complex um, it pill form um, because a lot of people like to take pills. So it's got chaga, cordyceps, shiitake, reishi, lion's mane and mataki mushrooms. So it's really simple, one or two pills a day um, and you're getting all of those great mushrooms in, in an easy form. Um, so those are kind of really simple ways or you could just go and buy um, a, like a reishi uh, powder with reishi mushroom and with all of the mushrooms you have to make sure that what you're getting is either heat extracted or that you are going to heat extract it because um, the mushrooms have to be alcohol or heat extracted or you can't access their goodness how do you mean how does that work so basically these are hard woody kind of bracket fungus so you're not going to be able to eat it like a ground mushroom and get the nutrients from it so you have to either boil up the mushroom for 20 to 30 minutes to allow the heat to pull out the goodness from that mushroom um, and then you would drink the liquid as opposed to eating the mushroom itself or you have to alcohol extract it. So again, you'd put the mushroom into 40% alcohol, leave it for six weeks, uh, strain it, and then use that as a tincture to get the alcohol extracted uh, mushroom. So sometimes people buy mushroom powders that haven't been uh, heat extracted, and then they put it into a smoothie and that's not going to work. So um, for example, I've got a mushroom powder that has been heat extracted and then dried into a powder. So you could use that in a smoothie and that'd be fine. So it's just having that kind of awareness because you don't want to start working with something and then not get any benefit. And it's because you're not working with it in the right form. So that's the kind of important bit on that. So, but that doesn't work for just run of the mill, normal mushrooms. That no, you get in or... no, so your normal mushrooms you can just eat. They're they're absolutely fine. And in fact, you know, button mushrooms are really good at supporting uh, lowering um, cholesterol and blood pressure. Um, so your normal mushrooms, you know, your ground mushrooms, the ones that are just kind of edible, have so many medicinal properties as well to them. You know, mushrooms are so, quite a remarkable kingdom. Mm. You're making me want to eat a whole bowl of mushrooms now. That's... Perfect. I, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, lo I love them. So there's been a lot of talk at the moment about what's going on with this virus. Mm. I know we're jumping ship here and talking about something else, but it all weaves together, doesn't totally. it? Totally. Um, and I'm going to say something perhaps controversial, perhaps not. Um, when all of this first started, I was really surprised how the focus from our government was on wasn't on let me say mm. wasn't on health wellness and what we could 
proactively do to feel empowered to create positive health and change within our lives to feel stronger healthier and boost our immune systems Mm. did did that does that resonate with you too? Oh God, totally. I mean, I got banned last March, not last March, the March before when this all first started, I got banned from Facebook for 30 days um, on three different platforms for posting a scientific study stating that vitamin D levels are important. Good vitamin D levels are important for the immune system to fight off viruses. Scientific journal. And I got banned. And that was really interesting. And then I was waiting for them to announce that we needed to all get on vitamin D and we needed to all have vitamin C and zinc. It was like, you know, these are the three things for our immune system, vitamin C, zinc, and vitamin D. Optimize those levels for your health and well-being. And that didn't come out. And my husband and I were like, what is going on? So we actually wrote a song, uh, vitamin C, vitamin D and zinc for immunity. And, uh, (laughs) and, And put it out. And it was just a fun kind of song to really go well like we we know these things scientifically and we have known them for a very long time so why are we not taking action if last two years ago in march they had given everyone vitamin d in high dose not 400 iud but giving them given them 10000 iud for a month then people would not have got so sick. And this is not just from this virus. This is from flus, colds, and everything else. But this is not what is being done because it doesn't fit the government narrative of uh, the pharmaceutical companies earning a fortune because they can't on vitamin D. So uh, this has been a big part of my mission and it gets me really, um, you can probably hear my voice, I get quite wound up because what I'm here for, I feel, is to really support people to have optimum health. And I've done so much research over my life on this and I have the answers. And I've been working with a lot of people recently who have got a flu-like respiratory virus and um, and uh, I've helped them get over it quickly through a protocol I've created of uh, nutrition. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been all around the country uh, speaking at a lot of events, you know, to thousands of people. I've, I've been very, very busy over the last six months speaking. And I've been to events where afterwards a lot of people have got sick from those events. And I thought, what is it that I'm doing that is working? Because I'm obviously doing something because, knock on wood, I've not. A, I don't buy into the fear that is being pumped to us, which fear lowers your immune system. It's one of the prime things. Stress and fear reduce your immune system. So it's like, well, Massively. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. get rid of that, first of all. Um, mm-hmm. If there is something going around which they haven't isolated, um, obviously people are getting sick, but they've never actually isolated this specific thing that they're talking about. So everything gets lumped into at that based on symptoms. So... Um, you know, we have a lot of respiratory flu that always happens every year. And yes, it has been worse. It's going to be even worse because people have been isolated from others. And so their immune system will be much lower. The government even announced that last week. They said colds and flus will be much worse because people's natural immunity has gone down. So for me, it's like, okay, well, what can we do physically and practically to support ourselves through this. Um, So I created a whole range of tinctures recently for people for this. So uh, I've created one called Boost, um, which is an immune uh, support, which is reishi, rosehip, astragalus, elderberry and tulsi. 
I've created... Yum. Yeah, it's really Those good. Those are some epic ingredients. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. Is it good, good for kids as well? Yeah, so it's in? it's an alcohol tincture. So what you would do is you would dilute it. The amount you need is so such a small amount of alcohol. You would dilute it with warm water and a little bit of maple syrup or raw local honey. Um, and uh, my youngest has got his first ever cough. He's four and he's never really had a cough. He's had like a day or two of cold and then it's gone. But he's got quite a cough and cold at the moment and uh he had a day and night of just coughing constantly and he wouldn't take any medicines and yesterday I managed to get in some coated silver and some boost and it was incredible because after 20 minutes he stopped coughing and he didn't cough all night and he slept through the night and today he's literally 80 times better he's still got a tiny bit of a cough but it's almost gone um from taking those two things and he's been having the coated the coated silver is the colloidal silver. Is that well, the same thing? Basically, it's a type of colloidal silver, but what's happened to it is it's um, been formulated in a way that is uh, much more intense and strong, but more absorbable in the body. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So the other tinctures I came out with, one's called Breathe, which is for respiratory support, which is um, mullein, marshmallow root, elecampane, andrographis, cinnamon and licorice. And that's mm. beautiful for all uh, respiratory conditions. Um, and then I came up with one called Protect. And um, so Protect, I designed. Now, this is, this is an area that is a little bit, um, what's the word? Controversial. Controversial, yeah. Um, so there is a theory, which we can't scientifically prove yet, um, that the vaccines shed. Shed what? Shed spike proteins. Now, the spike protein is the thing in the vaccine that allows the uh, synthetically uh, created virus to be delivered into the body, basically. Um, so... There is a school of thought that these spike proteins are shedding from people, just like, like the flu does. Exactly, the flu virus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not the got, flu virus, the flu vaccine. The flu vaccine. Yeah. So yeah, you've yeah. got kind of a, a two week shedding period. So what I've seen, and this is just from what I've seen and had reported to me by clients coming to me, is that people who have hung out with newly vaccinated people, uh, whether they're vaccinated or not, these other people have then got sick with uh, said virus. Um, so there's a lot of research that shows that pine needles and there are other things are high in something called shikimic acid, and this helps to break down the spike proteins. Now, one of the interesting things is that spike proteins can't take hold in children. Um, so with this virus, it's been shown that children generally don't get it or don't get it very badly unless there's other uh, comorbidity factors. Um, and this might be linked to the fact that they have high shikimic acid levels in their body. So I created a tincture called Protect, which is pine needles, star anise, ginkgo biloba, shizandra berry, uh, and dandelion leaf, all high in shikimic acid to help the body be protected against the potential spike protein shedding. Um, is that for both people, those yep. who are and those who are in contact with? Ex- exactly. Because if you have had the vaccine, then what you find is that you have these spike proteins replicating in your body, which are going to potentially have a negative effect. So if you can take something to minimise those negative effects, effects 
then that's brilliant. And vice versa, if you are unvaccinated, and this isn't obviously getting into whether it's right or wrong about any of that, that's kind of irrelevant. But if you are unvaccinated and you want to keep yourself uh, safe from the potential shedding, then you can take it too. So it's helping everyone, um, uh, which Mm -hmm. I think is, is the important thing. Absolutely. What a hot topic uh, that is at the moment. I'm trying to think, and I'll be honest, I'm trying to think of all the words that we're not allowed to say so that we don't get this conversation. um, Totally. Banned in any way. And already I'm thinking there are some things, which is, isn't that just wild that we're talking about natural health and both of us as registered uh, nutritionists are sitting here going, what can I and what can't I say without it causing an uproar? But I think one of the things to be aware of is that if people have had, I know some people are being made to to have this um, for work and things like that, and maybe they don't want it, but there are things that we can do. Whatever our choices are, whatever our decisions, there are things we can do to support our body and support our health through it. And I think that's the important thing to look at. So um, I've been working on protocols to help support people on both sides, um, uh, because I truly believe we shouldn't be focusing on this division of Absolutely. yes or no. It's it's all personal choice. And that's what it should come down to weighing up the decisions and feeling into what is right for you in that moment. Um and then having the access to the information of, well, if I'm choosing either of them, what can I do to support myself being in optimum health through that? Because everything has consequences. Absolutely every decision we make has a consequence. Um, so looking, that's what I like to do. Look at, well, what can I do every step of the way to support myself and those around me that I love to be as healthy as I can? There we are, Juliet. <laughs> What a beautiful place to pause our conversation for today, I think. Um, there is so much else that we could talk about and digest. There's the, the, our topics are um, infinite, <laughs> aren't they? Totally. So let's go out. Let's leave this conversation on something truly practical and applicable now. If there was something... If there was a protocol or something that you want people to take away with to start doing now, considering we're going into autumn, into winter, considering the conversation we've just had about spike proteins and everything else, what would you be saying to people? What what are your what's your suggestions? So first of all, I've just run a 30 day detox. And I think that clearing out your system is really, really key. If our bodies are clear of parasites, clear of toxins, and in a great space, then we are um, perfectly balanced to deal with whatever comes to us because the body is infinitely intelligent. And I think that remembering that all the time, our body knows what to do if we allow it to do that thing. So if we remove from our system the things that are stopping us from doing those things, i.e. toxins, nutritional deficiencies and parasites, then we are going to be able to cope with anything. I, I really believe that because we are so adaptable as a human species. So, you know, all of those things I mentioned can knock our systems out really quickly. So doing a parasite cleanse, really good idea. You know, just focusing and thinking about like what is toxic in your life? What is toxic in your diet, in your environment? Where can you start to pull back on those things? Even little steps, you know, let's cut out refined sugar. Let's cut out refined um 
gluten. Let's go organic as much as possible. Even down to your shampoo and conditioner, right? Exactly. Making sure that you're using ones that haven't got all the nasties in them. Or not using them at all. I've not washed my hair in uh, since two uh, two Aprils ago. So nearly, uh, so that's what, like a year and nine months or something. I've not used any shampoo or conditioner on my hair. And it's it's in really good condition. Um so that's that's been quite a journey and all my children everyone stopped using shampoo um and that's that's been really exciting and everyone's hair looks amazing so yeah we will come back to that conversation another time maybe we can talk about natural remedies and natural things for to support our bodies amazing um, so yeah detoxifying yeah. yeah cleansing your system and then bringing in the good stuff so upping your vitamin c really important upping your vitamin d um you know the the weather's changing here and in the in the UK we need to be on vitamin D every day because we don't get enough sunlight so as i said before vitamin D is optimum for our, is is ideal for optimum health um so if you're a woman uh, i would recommend doing a month on 10000 iud of vitamin D3 with K2 and a man every day every day for one month and then you drop down to uh, 4000 iud after that just to make sure you don't have a deficiency and to really optimize those levels. As a man, 12,000 IUD a month, a, a day for a month, and then dropping down to 6,000 to maintain that level. Um, with K2. With K2, D3 with K2. Um, and that will really start to shift your immune system. And then adding in the mushrooms, you know, either getting some mushroom pills or some mushroom powder, um, but adding in those mushrooms on a regular basis to strengthen and support your immune system and um, to help you just shift, I would say, is really important. Um, the other thing that I'm finding very useful is charcoal. Um, charcoal absorbs toxins from the body. So it's we live in a toxic world. So the more we can reduce toxins in our system, the better. Um, uh, there was a study done um, on mice and having just charcoal, nothing else, increased their longevity by 30%. So what that, was li- what that kind of shows you, if you look at that, is that a lot of our longevity is not due to adding in lots of different supplements per se, but it's about reducing the toxins within our system to allow our body to naturally be able to do what it does. Couldn't agree more. Um, do you have a any suggestion? I know this is a bit more um, tricky to talk about, but what about for kids? So we make lots of fresh juices. Um, with our kids apples are great they're high in pectin they're very good for the throat and the digestive system they're very good for the liver um so making fresh juices with kids i think is a great way to get lots of nutrients and you can go and forage and get dandelion leaves and nettles and things like that and add in um, that good stuff engage them in the process of um making food as much as possible so that they again have this education and awareness that the food is supporting their being um i give my kids um uh uh, they have, I put the mushrooms into smoothies and juices. That's fine for kids. I've created a something called All You Need, which is a protein powder, but it's also got um, natural sources of vitamin C, super greens, mushrooms. Um, so we, I put that into smoothies every day and the kids don't like lots of stuff in their smoothies. So I do the All You Need and the banana sometimes and that's it. Or I add some berries in or do a chocolate one. But I know that they're getting then a kind of a baseline of nutrients to support them the all you need also has vitamin d in it um so 
I know that they're getting all of that in a very easy, digestible way. Um, and, and then I'll make them drinks and I'll just put little bits of things in so that, you know, it's that constant drip feeding wherever mm-hmm. you can um, of the nutrients. Yeah. I, yeah, maybe you and I can have another chat about this another time because my son has got a refined palate. Yeah. And he is suspicious of nearly everything now. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got one of those as well. I've, I've got very, very good at disguising things and doing very small amounts mm-hmm. because I think it's better just to have a tiny amount and then just do it on a regular basis than put too much in and then like, I don't like it. <laughs> Yep, that's been my experience too. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. So if it, anybody wants to buy any of your products, Juliet, um, it's on your website. Yep, julietbryant.com. Um, and you are local, so you're local to me, not everybody listening to this. Uh, you're in Essex, aren't I'm, you? I'm in Suffolk now, yeah, so we're in sunny that's- Suffolk. That's not, kind of the same thing. Exactly. It's not sunny. It's not at all. <laughs> it's grey and rainy right now, but, you know, I can live in hope. It's sunny Suffolk. It's sunny somewhere. Exactly. Ju- Juliet, this has been such an awesome conversation. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. I feel there's definitely a part B uh, in the making, especially for um, supporting the body going forward yeah when you're focusing on things like change and transformation and um evolution yeah. of the human body things like that we'll talk about that next time shall Exciting. we Exciting, yeah definitely yeah it's a good one all right um juliet thank you very 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 much thank and you i look forward to next time amazing i wanted to keep this conversation as much as I could in its raw format so that you can hear our process and what it's like having a conversation about our children, about health at this time, and what we can proactively do to support ourselves, um, especially when there's so much confusing information out there. Juliet Bryant is one of the leading experts that I know of in this field. She's got such a wealth of information and knowledge that if you're on your nutrition journey or your health journey and you would like some more information please give her a uh, contact and ask her some questions see where this journey can take you in the meantime I'm going to put her links in the show notes so you can contact her that way and if you have any questions I would love to hear from you and in the meantime keep looking after yourself Take care of yourself and I will see you soon.